Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. So he sends me this article and it's called The Heroine's Journey. And it's hilarious. I'll uh, uh, I'll see if I can find the link and, and send it to you. That so it's it it basically is, hey, there's the hero's journey. Well, nobody talks about the heroine's journey. And the hero heroine's journey is literally a woman that goes, I'm sorry, what journey are we talking about? I have to feed the kids and take them to school and cook everybody dinner and make lunches and do the <laughs> laundry. And I don't know what journey you're talking on, but no one's got time for a hero's journey on this end. So the heroine's journey is I ain't got time for a journey. <laughs> you're listening to Dana Malstaff, the founder of Boss Mom, who is our special guest today. She leads an amazingly engaged and very large community of moms over at boss-mom.com. And as many of us know, moms are very busy Yet, these moms are still able to build a successful business thanks to the help of Dana. Now, whether you are a mom or a dad or just a busy person in general, we all know that it can be tough to find time to work on our businesses. And a lot of times when we want to work on something outside of those important things in our life, like kids, we often feel bad because one seems to take away from the other. So at the end of the interview, I asked Dana this question. <laughs> so I have one final question for you. It's a tough yes. one, but I've saved, it, I've saved it for last so I could Why, thank you know, you. <laughs> warm, warm you up. And I'm sure this is a question that you've come across before, uh, especially having a community of moms. But how can one build a successful business and be a successful parent at the same time? Guys, we get deep today. So make sure you stick around and listen all the way through. We also talk about how to become micro-famous which is exactly how Dana teaches all of us to start businesses by leveraging other communities in a way that is not invasive and still respectful to that community that we are building a micro community under and becoming micro famous in. So stick around. Here we go. Intro. Let's do this. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's been called the Pat of all trades, Pat Flynn. Welcome to session 359 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And time is a big theme here in this conversation today. And not only that, we're going to be talking about, well, how do you get started, especially at this time of year when we have just thought about our goals, right? It's 2019 now. We're at the end of January. Maybe you're a little bit depressed because you haven't even gotten started yet 
on what it is that you had set out to do and you're already feeling a little behind. Well, we're going to discuss that in addition to making sure you're climbing the right ladder for you and the life that you want to build and actually the different phases of business that you can start with, like the intern phase, the janitor phase, and other elements of what Dana has actually packaged into her new book, Climb Your Own Ladder. So we're going to discuss all those things today. My good friend, Dana Malstaff from boss-mom.com. Here she is. Dana, welcome back to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super jazzed today. You're jazzed. I'm jazzed. (laughs) I love it. So last (laughs) time you were on the show, April 20th, 2016, um, was a while back. How has business been going since then? Well, it has been steadily growing into a glorious empire of awesomeness. (laughs) Tell me about the empire. Like what's all in this empire of yours? Um, actually it's, it's this amazing community that has arose beginning with my feeling that I, I needed a community. Um, and, and it's just been spreading like wildfire ever since. So I, I think, gosh, if I have to think back to when I was on with you, I started boss mom, uh, Mm -hmm. as a brand with the boss mom book in, in September of 2015. Right. So I was only, you know, six or seven months in to building that. So I bet you I had a couple thousand people in the Facebook group and I'd already, I, you know, I started making money building courses. So I had already monetized and things like that, but was building this community. Now we have uh, just shy of 35,000 people in the Facebook group uh, wow. that is organically grown. We don't, we don't push anybody there. They just organically go there, uh, which is amazing. Um I just came out with my third book, Climb Your Own Ladder, and uh, we have, well, we launched the Boss Mom meetups, local meetups, so we have uh, a, like 170 different hosts in over 100 cities internationally, which is amazing, uh, and really growing that, um, and I'm starting to do more keynotes, talks, and just, yeah, all the fun stuff that's happening, but really the exciting part is just how many women are reaching out and and recognizing the Boss Mom brand and saying that it, it's the place where they found their people, mm-hmm. found their community, and found the courage and the excitement to pursue whatever it is they want to pursue, whether that's quitting their job or going back into starting something or or just finding a creative outlet or getting bringing making some vacation money you know whatever whatever it is they they're feeling this space where it's accepted accepted to do that as a mom uh which is pretty darn awesome i think so exciting things happening so i hold a meetup every month at the we work in downtown san diego right and the last time i was there we had a discussion about who we would love to meet and you know i i had said elon musk and we kind of went around the room and then one woman said, oh, my gosh, my dream is to meet Dana Malstaff. She oh, is no way. <laughs> amazing. She changed my life. I'm in her community. And then we were all like, you know, she lives in San Diego here, too. She was like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, And uh, like she had forgotten about that because uh, she didn't know where Carl's bedroom was specifically. And uh, she, she was just, you know, blown away by what you've done for her virtually. And so maybe one day you will meet her because she's also living in San Diego, too. And I know you've well, come. I need to come to your meetup. I've yeah, been to yeah. Meetup before. <laughs> but just a testament to what you've been able to build since the last time you were on the show. You had just built the brand uh, back then, and that episode was about how to automate your business and save time. And you had talked a little bit about the courses and how you were able to um, relatively quickly 
scale and monetize, but now you've built the community out and to have 35,000 women to have these meetups all around the world. I mean, how have you been able to cultivate this community into, you know, a group of amazing women and raving fans? Yeah, well, and I and I know you love you, when I hear you do your talk about raving fans, and I know your your next book is all about the building the, the raving fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that there's a couple things that that we do very similarly, and then there's a couple things that I actually learned from uh, from helping build internal communities within organizations from a corporate standpoint that I think have worked really well. I, I think the people that can build good communities are the people that understand emotional intelligence and that understand uh, like how human psychology and people work. Uh, but the, the big thing is when when building a community, I, I treat it like a community, which is if we lived in a small, tiny town together, right, before techno- all the technology happened, mm-hmm. and, and everybody lives in a town, you stay in the town, your family's in town, your friends are in town, you know, you know the plumber, all of those things, everybody plays a role. Everybody plays a role. I think a lot of people start businesses online these days and they think, well, I'm the person at the top. And so I need to make the decisions and do all the things. And then I'll just tell everybody how it works. I think a lot of people run brick and mortar businesses that way too. And I think the, the, all the success in the community uh, that are that are really solid and loyal to each other, that they're built on the premise that we all play a role, that that everybody within there has, and they assume naturally those roles that they play. They, you know, the, they're the natural policers, the natural motivators, mm-hmm. you know, the the all of these different roles, and so. Within Boss Mom, what we've tried really hard to do is allow the community to become a community where everybody plays a role, where there's, you know, levels of engagement that people have, where we raise people up. And it's not about one person being at the head and trickling down decisions, but so much more of a how can we collectively decide the future of what we're trying to build. And when you do that, everybody feels like they're a part of the journey. They feel like they're a part of something where their voice matters and their voice does matter. And we cultivate that. And it also takes a lot of pressure off of me to be there every day, all the time. I can I can assume a role as a leader as opposed to trying to assume a role as a community manager. Mm. And I think that has been really great because it's also freed up my ability to grow my business like everybody else is trying to grow their business. But we can all leverage the community um, to help each other grow both as ourselves, as our, you know, as families and as business owners. How do you facilitate that? What are the mechanisms to actually empower your community to be involved and, and step up as well? Yeah, so we have uh, ambassadors that every we used to do it um, every six months. Now we do it every quarter uh, because the group is so big. We want to give people an opportunity. So, so what we do is is I talk about Boss Mom as being an actual ecosystem. You can you know the climb the ladder within Boss Mom like you would a company. So you can come in and be new to the community. But if you're starting to engage, then one of the cool things about Facebook groups now too is they start tagging you as a conversation starter. And then they can, you know, there's all these different things as, as we start to recognize within our insights that you are really engaging in this community, or we see you on other platforms that you're really engaging with boss mom, then we can start, we start talking about you. We start tagging you more. So we start uh, making you feel included and you start moving up and then you can become an ambassador. And then at our events, you can become a facilitator and then you can become a collaborator with me and we'll, we'll do different things together and promote each other's businesses. And then you can come on the boss mom podcast 
So I like to think that if you can build a community where you have a ladder that people can actually climb, like you have places where people can go so they don't just come into your community, engage, and then go somewhere else to, if they need something else, they have, they aspire to be bigger and bigger parts of your community. And our Facebook group has over 75% active users every single month. Like it's insane. There's 35,000 people and 75% of them are active in the community every single month. Like that's uh, what I love about that is it's not just like I, you know, we all want to say we've got big numbers of things Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it sounds cool, but we go in and, and it's the people that are actively engaging rotate. Like, it's not like there's always just these five people that are always in it. Like, like people are rising up within the ranks of how they're connecting and engaging the community. And we have women that say their entire business is from boss moms that they, I just, I tell people if we, all we did was hire each other, we'd all have six figure businesses, (laughs) you know? So find your people here, find your team here, find your collaborators here, you know, get on each other's podcasts. Like we have systematic ways where we say, Hey, who's got podcasts? Let's get on them. Every Saturday and Sunday we say, Hey, give us a, tell us what it is. You're opt-in. Tell us what it is you're selling. Hey, what do you have? That's under a hundred bucks. Hey, who needs to hire somebody, you know, post your high, things you need to hire here. So mm-hmm. we cultivate different ways for people to engage with each other. We have collaborations Thursdays, you know, um, and, and, and people are getting on each other's podcasts and hiring each other and working with each other and, you know, doing, uh, adding bonuses to each other's courses. And, uh, and it's all this, this wonderful ecosystem that miraculously works. Right. I mean, what an amazing <laughs> environment that you've created and what is seemingly like a very safe place for people to have a voice, which is often, hard to find and you've given them that and I think that's amazing. Can you speak to the person who's listening to this who is like, wow, that that sounds like a dream to have a community like that, but I'm just starting out. I have nobody yet who can engage. I have a very I have like 10 people in my Facebook group and I'm just starting out. I can never get to Dana's level or it's going to take me years. How might I as a person just starting out still benefit from this kind of advice about cultivating community when there's hardly anybody there? Yeah. Well, one thing is I say before you grow your own, become micro famous in somebody else's. Um, So there's a lot of girls within our community that came into Boss Mom. And this is how I started Boss Mom. I was in somebody else's group that I engaged in a lot. And I became my I say, find your cheers, right? Like everywhere is crowded. Find your cheers is what I like to say. So go to the place where you go often. It's the same thing in your business, right? You're like, if you focus on 18 things, then you don't become known for anything. But if you focus on one or two things, then then those are the things you become known for. And it's much easier to seem an expert in those things if you're known for them. Same thing with where you're engaging in, in the online space or, you know, if you're actually doing meetups and things like that, but I'm, I'm most prominent in online. So go into, you know, a group or groups that you, and I have a, like, we do like this two week process where we help you search and find spaces that are like your online spaces. And then we show you how to uh, spend two weeks engaging in them and then you narrow it down to one or two that are really your places. So we help you actually find your online communities. How do you do that? Is that like in a course or in a, in a training yeah, program? Yeah, yeah. We have a, yeah, we have a free, a free training that is like find your, you know, find, engage in, in your online space. And right. it shows you how to engage, how to spend those two weeks. So you can know that you're like in a place that you'll actually like. And then, so that's what I did. I was in like one particular group years ago uh, before Boss Mom ever existed. And then, and I engaged and I engage in and uh, the appropriate kind of ways. So like I would go in and instead of just engaging on things that didn't, that I 
wasn't an expert in, I would actually search keywords in the group for things I was really good at. And I would only spend my 30 minutes in that group engaging in those things. So people started to go, oh, if I've got a question about content strategy, I tag Dana. So people started tagging me in that group and I started to become what I call micro famous, which is everybody started to know me. So people started to recommend me and we started tagging each other and we created this little community. Once I'd done that and I was known enough in that community and I did it in two different communities. So once I was known enough in in those communities, then when it was time for me to say, Hey guys, I'm launching this podcast. Hey guys, I'm launching this book. Mm -hmm. I had this community that was rallied around me, even though it wasn't my, my community, it was me engaging in someone else's. So then when I started to get that, then it was time for me to go over and start my own thing. So, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't start out being known and building this big community that's engaged right off the bat, leverage other people's communities. And I love it when people become micro famous in boss mom, you know, when someone says, Oh, I need this one thing. And then everybody's like, Oh, you need to go to so-and-so. Right. And then those people become big and then they start, you know, their own podcast and then they start their own, you know, courses and group coaching programs and those kinds of things. And then we become collaborators. I mean, I have a girl who she was still in corporate when she came into the community. I remember having a conversation with her saying she was like, this is what I want to do. I'm so excited. I'm going to, she owned a cleaning company and she's like, uh, or she was in a cleaning company. She started her own cleaning company and then she moved into organization and her, um, her podcast is less than a year old and I think it just hit a million downloads. Wow. And it's like, I, I got to know, like she's joined the community before she'd ever quit her job. And that was only a couple years ago, you know? And so it's, I, I say, don't try and like go out into the desert on your own, like leverage, leverage what somebody <laughs> else has already built and engage there, become micro famous so you can bring people along with you. And I'm thankful that you said that you totally, as the creator of this group with people who are building their own things underneath it, um, are comfortable with that. Because I think one thing that people might think is that, well, I don't, you know, sure, like I want to leverage other communities that are that are there. That makes sense. But I don't want to take advantage of or steal people away. Or maybe you might feel a little bad about sort of starting something that somebody else had actually started themselves under them. And so how do you speak to that person who in their head, they're like, uh, I, I worry about like, you know, putting up my own flag in somebody else's land. Yeah, well, I I think one of the things of like going through the process of finding your people is one, there are totally communities where they want to be the head, they want to be the person, they don't want anybody else to be, you know, special. They want and that's totally fine. That's just a different way of of running a community. You're just not going to feel at home in those communities if that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And and you're not going to go into a space like for instance, we'll since we, you know, we're on a podcast. So if you're somebody who, you know, does uh, you know, produces podcasts or runs podcast courses or whatever it is. Yeah. You're not going to go into a group of somebody who ha- you know, has that same business as you and then try and become micro famous in their business because yeah, you'll be stepping on, stepping on their toes yeah. um, or that's potentially possible. So, but you're going to find groups where, where that's, that's different. Either you're uh, like with boss mom, there are tons of business coaches and content strategists. Um, but there are also, I think about it like, Think about it like this. Before the internet came along, there was a plumber in every city, right? The plumber in that city didn't go, wow, wow, there's so many plumbers in the world. It's a saturated market. Like, oh gosh, because nobody left the city to get a plumber. You got the plumber that was closest to you and that was your plumber. But in the online space, we go, oh, the market's so saturated. There's so many coaches. There's so many podcasters. There's, you know, so many website designers. Right, we're all in the same city. 
essentially. Yeah, that we feel like we're all in the same city, right. but the fact is, is we're we're not. We all have different characteristics. We have different feels. We have different brands, and there are you know there were different time zones, and all of these different factors, and we all hang out together. So it seems like it's a saturated market, and like oh, if I'm in this group, everybody's this thing. But if you got in an airplane or, or went into a restaurant and you stood up and said, hey, everybody, who here has a podcast? Like one person would stand up. Yeah. Like the fact is, is we 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 spend our time with all the people that do what we do. So we feel like things are saturated. But every single day, new people are coming online. Like every single day, new people are joining and saying, hey, I've decided I want to start a business or I want to start a podcast or do whatever it is. And And we have to recognize that we think we're stepping on everybody's toes. But we are, but we're not. And if somebody tells you, I don't like how you're engaging in my group, get out. Well, then you just, you didn't have the right group. And you you go find a new one where someone does believe that collaboration is the better way to run a business. Right. And and I think about an example that was taught to me back in the day, which is like, okay, let's think about dry cleaners. So very similar to plumbers. Mm -hmm. I looked up how many dry cleaners there were in San Diego. There's nearly 500. And it's like, even if they're in the same area, they're all different and people resonate with different dry cleaners based on, you know, personality and who they go to. And, you know, likely sometimes people go to the one that's a little bit further away because they actually like that person and that person Mm -hmm. knows their family and all those kinds of things that you're talking about, kind of small town feels. And I think that's really important to to, to realize that. The second part of this that I want to cover is, is, is just the idea of abundancy and, and, and not scarcity, approaching things with an abundant mindset versus approaching things with a scarcity mindset, which is a very important concept when it comes to building businesses, especially because there is competition. There are people who are, quote, ahead of us. Um, mm-hmm. How do you teach people who come to you and go, uh, Dana, I mean, just like there's so much competition out there. I'm, I'm not good enough. And, you know, how, why would a person follow what I do uh, when there's so many more others that are doing it better than me? Yeah, well, th- that's definitely well, there's a couple things. So one, when someone says there are other people out out there doing it better than me, or I often hear longer than me, they've been around, mm-hmm. they've got more clients, you know, one, I say, well, let's just let's just talk about your ex- experience in, in life and experience in what you're doing. And I, I remember having a conversation with someone who is a who wanted to be a book editor. And she's like, I don't know, you know, I haven't had any clients. I, j- I just don't know if I could you know, if I can do it, if I'd be good at it. And I said, well, yes. So tell me about your experience where you haven't edited books. Like what is your experience? And she had two master's degrees in like English and literature and all these different things. And, you know, all this amazing background. And it was baffling to me that she was worried that she wouldn't be able to edit a book. And so I, you know, this is part of why I wrote my third book, The Climb Your Own Ladder, because what people do is, they 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 create this scarcity because they feel like they have to be the CEO of their business. They have to be, you know, the at the top. I own my own business. I'm starting my own freelancing or whatever it is. So I have to be the the big dog. And the fact is, is we all start out as interns. So if you don't approach it like, wow, there's so many people out there that are better than me, you approach it like, oh my God, there are so many people out there that have so much knowledge and experience. I'm going to take in everything I can, learn from them, learn what they're doing, learn how I can differentiate myself, connect with those people so that I can create a space for myself, carve out a space for myself. And you get excited about the fact that there are people that are already doing it and that they're proving that what you want to do is monetizable then all of a sudden you get excited about being in the intern phase where it's all about learning because the intern phase is all about, hey, I'm going to 
I'm going to learn from everybody and decide if what I'm doing uh, in this current organization is what I want to actually do for the rest of my life. And that's what people need to do is instead of this scarcity idea that, oh, I'm not as good as other people, you go, oh, I'm earlier on than other people. That person that has someone looks at me and they're like, wow, Dana, you did all this and stuff in your business. I'm like, well, yeah, but. I also have had boss mom for three years. And before boss mom, I spent two years not making a whole lot of money at all trying to figure out what boss mom was, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I, I think the scarcity mindset is because people place themselves in, in, in a certain scale of how fast they're supposed to get somewhere. And if you were, if you were an intern in an actual corporate company and, and then six months in, you're like, I cannot believe I don't own this company. Like it, it, I, I feel like I'm a failure. I mean, what have I done with my life? They'd be like, are you kidding? Like most people live on a 20 year trajectory in their, in their corporate ladder climbing. Yet we start our own businesses online. And within six months, if we're not a millionaire, we think we've failed. Mm-hmm. And I think people are need to come back to the reality that things take time, experience builds upon itself, and every single time you get a client and you do more, you become more knowledgeable and you get to charge more and you get to do more and you get asked to do things more. Let that happen one at a time and let each one of those instances help you move up your ladder instead of trying to jump up your ladder because you're just creating a lot more risk and and failure uh, than if you allow the climb to happen naturally. Right. I often use the, the ladder analogy as well when I talk about how I was let go from my architecture position and had to sort of grab onto a new ladder. And it, it's really hard to do because if you think about climbing a ladder and you're climbing up, and of course, when you're climbing, you're, you get higher and the higher you go, the you know harder you will fall. Um, mm-hmm. you kind of com- you're committed to that once you go up and it's hard to shift over to a new one that maybe even be right maybe it's right next to you but when you think about it in order to grab on that other one you have to eventually let go of all of the you know both your hands and your feet and it's a hard sort of shift to make and that's why I love the, the book and, and climb your own ladder you know check it out on Amazon we'll have links in the show notes and everything what is the premise of, of climb your own ladder like what can a person expect to after reading this book understand that they didn't have before Yeah. Okay. Well, the first one is permission. The first one is permission to not be at the top right now. And, and really the fact that if you try to be at the top, if you try to act like the CEO and try to have, you know, the premium prices and everything figured out when you don't have any of those things, that it is a painful, it's, it's a painful process and it it creates more failure. If you allow yourself to not only start, you know, I do the intern phase and the janitor phase and the project manager phase and the closer sales stage and all these things that we move up through naturally in our business, if you allow yourself to embrace being in that space, then you will move through your business and create more success faster. So number one is the permission. Um, Number two is recognizing the actual phases we have in our business, because I get this all the time. Um, And and I remember uh, Amy Porterfield, she was just on, on my podcast, and we were talking about, you know, she got a bunch of clients and then all of a sudden she had no time. And so she's like, well, I can't make any more money because I can't take any on more clients. So what do I do? I'm burnt out. And time and time again, I get people coming to me and that's what they say. They say, well, I'm starting to get some good momentum. I'm getting clients, but now I'm seeing I can't, I'm capped out. 
you know, and now I'm, so I'm going to get, you know, let some of those clients go or not bring on new clients, but then I'm going to make a little less money for a while so I can build up some automation to create some things that I, uh, that are scalable. And they go, gosh, I feel like such a failure because I'm not making as much money as I did. And I'm like, no, 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 you're literally in the exact natural spot you're supposed to be in where you started out, you started getting clients. Now you have too many clients. Now you're taking what you've done with those clients and turning it into a system that becomes proprietary that you translate into evergreen content that you can scale. Like that's a perfectly natural way to run your business, but people feel like they're a failure because something was working and now a shift has to happen. And what it just means is you're ready to move up to the next rung of your ladder. And, and the thing I, I, I think, I feel like you'll appreciate this. You know, in the movie, The Labyrinth, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to totally oh, wow, pull up The labyrinth. <laughs> labyrinth. Do you know when she falls and there's just a bunch of hands and they all form little faces and they t- ask her, like, do you want to go up or do you want to go down? Like, which way do you want to yeah, go? For those of you who don't know, this is like a really wacky, like crazy, trippy movie. It um, is. So. <laughs> it is. She falls down this hole and and it and they're all hands and the hands like make the cool little faces with their hands and they're mm-hmm. talking to her. But I think I always think about that. I think about if you in this book, if you if you build your business the way I'm talking and you allow yourself to progress the way I'm talking, because it shows you how to move into the not only move up into the next rung, how to notice when you need to move up so you don't get stuck in places like the janitor phase where you're just putting out a bunch of fires and you mm-hmm. never actually create systems. So it's really uh, burns it burns you out pretty quickly. It shows you how to move up. But then it also talks about like, how do you what do you replace yourself with? Is it an automation? Is it a person? Well, if you build it right, then that you talking about going higher on your ladder and then if falling is pretty scary, you look down and you go, oh, I've got all these hands. I've got all these hands that aren't going to let me go anywhere. Like they're they're not going to let me fall because I've put all these things in place, whether they're automation or people that have got my back. And I and hopefully you've created a community and connected, whether that's a small community of, you know, people that you're in a mastermind with or a big community like we have with Boss Mom that have got your back. And so the falling doesn't happen in the same way. It doesn't mean you won't have setbacks, but it means you've got a crap ton of hands ready to catch you and make it easier. And that's that's what I want people to build is I want them to build businesses that are sustainable that they can they can move through and build maybe you know sell their ladder someday or maybe start a new ladder someday or just keep climbing their own ladder or whatever they want to do i want people to be able to do that in a way where they feel excited and empowered but also when things don't work because that will happen they feel supported i like that the hands are a good thing the they're hands are a of, good thing they're not freaky uh but well, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um yeah i mean that's so true cuz i think we often forget like we're laying a foundation as we are building our business that when we – if we were to fall, <clears throat> we're never going to fall to where we were when we started from scratch ever again. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when I talk to entrepreneurs sometimes and they're growing their business, they're scaling, there's more worry because what they've built is bigger. And it's, if the, it's often thought that the bigger you are, the harder you'll fall. But in this case, as the analogy says, this is not true. And – the bigger you are, the hopefully more support systems you have. It's like when you actually are climbing a real ladder, what do you do? You you often ask a friend to like hold this steady for me. And that's kind of what you're building, especially mm-hmm. with the community behind you. And I think that's so key because a lot of times I talk to entrepreneurs and even I, I struggle with this sometimes too, especially this past year as I started to, to, to play in bigger fields and, and, and push a little bit bigger and take bolder actions. I often think like, well, like could I, could I ruin everything that I've already built if this were to fail? 
um, mm-hmm. almost like our, our house is instead of a ladder that has structure to it, it's almost like a house of cards where if one thing fails, then everything is going to crumble. But it's that's right. that's that's a limiting belief. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing, too, that I think is really important to remember is because uh, we have a chapter in the book about basically someone needing to hold your ladder. Right. Like you like a real ladder tells you in big, bold letters, somebody should hold this because it's dangerous to climb your own ladder alone. Yeah. But one of the things that I mentioned that I think is really important is that it's never just going to be one person or or one community um, that you should never put all of your uh, hope that one person is going to hold your ladder eternally, right? I think we have to recognize that we naturally move through like there uh, there are most likely somebody got onto your podcast, they listened to it, they were moved and it changed their life, right? And then they decided to do something and then they kind of moved to another community or another show where they learned this one other thing that was life-changing. And then maybe they came back to you and they learned this other thing from you and now they decided to start a podcast and then the, and then they're going to go, you know, to your event, uh, to your, what is it? Is it PatCon? Is it FlintCon. FlintCon. And, you know, and then they're going to be moved there and then they're going to meet somebody there and they're going to start a mastermind with that person and do the thing. You know what I, I think we need to realize is that we don't always have one person for the like for the the length of our entire business holding that ladder we have to continually look at saying what's the best person the best community the best coach the best course the best whatever it is just kind of like just in time learning it's just in time support like what kind of support do i need right now i'm going to get that kind of support to help hold my ladder steady so that i i and then i'm going to let that person have a rest when it's time because I think that's what we do is we go, oh, I've been in this community for five years and it's just not giving me what it used to. It's like, yeah, you were supposed to go three years ago and get this other kind of support that this community is not giving you. Like naturally allow that support to come and go and, and give your support system a, a break sometimes, I think. <laughs> Thank you for that. Now, a theme that has come up a few times in several of your answers is time. And mm-hmm. I, know, I know that you know your, your, your brand, Boss Mom, and, and the, the community of moms that you've built – um, moms have hardly, the, the, there's less time in the mom's life than many other people's lives because of the fact that you've got little ones to take care of. And I know this firsthand because I see my wife every day and she's taking care of the two kids as well. <laughs> so how does one with, whether you are a mom or a dad or just somebody who has a lot of things going on, many things to take care of, a lot of other priorities in life, how does one find mm-hmm. the time around any of that stuff to actually build a successful business too? Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. My dad loves to text me articles that he finds and then texts me. And it's oh, like, really? My dad be- cuts out like because he's he's lives close by. He cuts out newspaper articles and like every time we see him, he's like, "Here's a new set of newspaper articles you could read that relate to." Oh, I love it. Yeah, so very simple. <laughs> yeah, so so he sends me this article and it's called "The Heroine's Journey." And it's hilarious. I'll uh, I'll see if I can find the link and, and send it to you. That so it's it it basically is. Hey, there's the hero's journey. Well, nobody talks about the heroine's journey, and the hero heroine's journey is literally a woman that goes. I'm sorry, what journey are we talking about? I have to feed the kids and take them to school and cook everybody dinner and make lunches and do the (laughs) laundry. And I don't know what journey you're talking on, but no one's got time for a hero's journey on this end. So the heroine's journey is I ain't got time for a journey. (laughs) And And it's this funny thing. But they also say that, uh, you know, a mom or even a parent, like anybody who's watching kids and understands that you have 10 minutes uh, where, you know, maybe where you don't know, are they going to nap that long? Well, bathroom time is alone time, essentially. 
Yeah. And, and you, and what you think about is like they become hyper-focused and, and really uh, are able to be productive in short periods of time because they know the value of time. So I actually think being a parent gives us this superpower that we don't recognize, which is the, the understanding the value of tiny bits of time is number one. Number two, I think we start to recognize that uh, life is an emotional roller coaster and that doesn't mean you're not a good entrepreneur or not a good parent. It means we're just like kids where we're happy, sad, excited, frustrated, and lonely and fulfilled all in the same day. And those are totally, totally normal to move through all of those emotions. And it doesn't mean that you can't be productive and can't be great. So so those two kind of skills, we for parents, we have those and we don't always leverage them. So what I tell you know, women who are starting, trying to start a business or something and they go, oh, well, I listened to so-and-so on this podcast and they said, all I have to do is batch these days and then I'll be successful. And they're like, I don't have days to batch. And I said, well, don't try and run your life based on and your business based on somebody who doesn't live their life the way you do. Find people. That's why people love that are moms love boss mom, someone that lives their life the way you do. And then it's something that makes sense to you. So we break everything down into 10 minute increments. So if you have a project when you wake up in the morning or at night, when I, I look at all my stuff at night for the next day and I say, okay, how can I break this up into things that are 10 minutes? If I can't do it within 10 minutes, then don't, you know, then I, then I need to break it down even farther because if I know when I have the kids home, I only have those little pockets of time. If I have longer then I can, you know, back to back some 10 minute things. But then, so I break it down into time so that you can tackle things and you'd be amazed at just like exercise, right? If you just did five minutes of exercise, you know, 10 times a day during when you go up to get your coffee, uh, then you would have a full workout. But if you wait for enough time to have your full workout, then all of a sudden you haven't worked out for a month. It's the same yeah. thing. And then I break them up by the like mental acuity that I need. So if I need to, if I'm going to write a chapter in a book or, you know, something like that, I'm not going to do that in a 10 minute increment. I need space. So I save those things for the time when I know I'm alone. Right. So all it is, is I think the biggest thing is we totally have enough time to do things. If we recognize that we need to be focused in the in the space that we have, if you don't know what you should be working on, then hire somebody to help you figure it out, right? Like don't just sit around spinning your wheels by yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you then know what you want to work on, don't try and ignore the way your life is. Leverage the way your life is. Because if you try and live your life, again, to, to the way somebody else is who doesn't live at all like you, then you're just going to feel like it doesn't work and you're failing. If you leverage the way your life is run, then that works. Like I have a, a, a client who drives all the time to take her son to ice skating um, lessons because he's a, you know, he he's a uh, amateur ice skating professional. I'm not sure what you call it. Um <laughs> You know, and so when she's brainstorming, she, you know, it's like, hey, don't be mad that you don't have a bunch of time in front of a computer where you're not in a car because you can't type while you're driving. Start speaking out loud and then transcribing those things and those become your blog posts. And all of a sudden she's like, oh my gosh, I got five blog posts done because we had to drive up to Canada and I just talked out what I wanted. We transcribed it. And then when I got to the hotel, I was able to edit what they had. She's like, oh my gosh. So stop fighting against the way your life is and leverage the way your life mm. is. That's really smart. I mean, my I was about to ask you, what would you say to the person who hears this and goes, okay, but Dana, like I literally don't have any time. And they give you their whole schedule during the day and prove to you 
with their schedule that there is no time for any of this extra stuff. But you've already given me one example of how I can make time with things that I'm already doing for yeah. this business that I'm building. Do you have any other examples like that? I, I, that was really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, the, oh, gosh, if you really did, we do, I have like a, a little exercise that's a time mapping and, and I'll, when someone says that to me, I go, go take the, go take the time mapping. Let's just, let's just track for the next three days, not even like wild and crazy, just for the next three days where you're spending your time. And you would be amazed how many uh, times somebody will come back. And then the, within two days, I have uh, sent them a notepad and uh, you know, pencil for their shower. And I'm like, hey, the 30 minutes in your shower where you say you have good ideas, we're going to start writing ideas down there. And then you're going to take a picture of it and then you're going to send it over here to do this, you know, to, to get this thing made. Because half the time they're like, I would love to hire somebody, but I don't have time to get the ideas to that to that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they'll say, um, you know, oh, well, I like they're sitting in line to pick up their kids from school, but there's there's 30 minutes that they've got there. Right. And then or like you'd be amazed that 30 to 40 percent of our time is wasted time. And what we do is we just assume I have to be sitting in front of a computer to be productive. Right. And that's just that's just not not the case. So when we think about, you know, what are the things I could do if I'm in a car? What are the things I could do if I'm watching my kid do something where I don't have to be present necessarily, right? Because not in all instances do we have to be present when we're with our children. If they're, you know, in swim lesson and you go every single Monday, like there's a few minutes in there where I go, this is great. They're also like not doing anything that's very exciting. I'm going to, you know, Voxer somebody on my team to make sure they can do what they're they're doing. Mm -hmm. So like, recognizing where you're spending your time, the pockets of time where you're really not using any mental power or needing to be attentive in a certain place and saying, how could I fill that time in a way that's really productive? And then that also gives you space to go, wow, this time, like when my kids get home from school in this like hour and a half where we do puzzles and we play, like that's my time. And that time, nothing else happens. And that's really important. And you start to recognize what's important and what's not important. And I think you'd be amazed at the amount of time people realize they have when they realize what their priorities are. And if someone says, yeah, Dana, but I, I've done it and I just don't have time. And then I said, well, maybe right now it's not a time to start a business. If you really feel like there isn't a single thing you do during your day that you're willing to give up to start a business, then you don't care enough about starting a business to give it the the attention and the love that it needs. So just wait, you know, keep listening to podcasts, keep listening to books. And when the passion and the fire is big enough, we will find time and we will make it happen. Thank you for that. That's huge. I want to like clip that and put it on YouTube for everybody <laughs> uh, and, and share it everywhere. Thank you for that. Ooh, my, my YouTube channel is coming out on Valentine's Day, so I'll be on YouTube. Oh, Pat. nice. Where can we, uh, is it Boss Mom or? That's a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is why it's coming out in a few months, not right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's my name. I think it's I. Uh, I think it's Dana Malsep, Boss Mom. Got Boss it. Mom, okay, thank you. We'll have. I'll tell again, you for the show notes. Yeah, yeah. We'll have all the links to the show notes. Um, right now the episode uh, comes out at this episode is going to come out at the end of January, and that is um a time when many people have just sort of thought about in the previous months like what their big goals are for this year, and. At this time is when we start to consider, okay, well, how far have I come along on those goals? And oftentimes we see that we haven't even yet started on those big plans that we have for the year. Mm-hmm. How do you encourage somebody to, uh, to, to just get started and finally start working toward those goals? 
Yeah. So I, I think one of the things we have to think about is um, success is in habits, right? That when we create habits, then we start doing things, something systematically, and then we free up mental space to have more creativity, right? So, so what I think we do in our businesses, I see this all the time and I'm, I'm, you know, do it sometimes too and have to stop myself is I think planning sounds really fun and we have to plan. Like we need to have plans so that we know what we're going towards. You know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. You want to be focused and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, but once we've set the plan, a lot of times what we do is we just look at it, right? So we'll look at our goals and then we'll go, okay, well, I've got all these goals. This is great. And then we go, how do I get started? Like, how do I get started? So then, so the thing is, is okay, prioritize the things that you want. If you're like, I want to start a podcast and write a book and do all these things, like pick the one that you're going to focus on and do what everybody hates doing. And if you don't like doing this, then hire somebody to do it, which is break it down into a project plan. And if you, here's the thing, what I tell people, if you have something on your checklist and you keep moving it to tomorrow, then it's too big. Break it down. If you keep it on your checklist and you keep moving it till tomorrow, it's too big. Break it down, right? So if you, even to the point of like, if it says call this person to follow up on a prospect or ask to be on this podcast or something like that, and you're not, and you keep moving it till tomorrow, it's too big. And so you think, well, Dana, I'm just asking to be, you know, be on a podcast. How is that too big? Well, you haven't written the email yet. You haven't thought about what you're going to say or what you're going to ask. Maybe you haven't done the research to, you know, listen to one of their podcast episodes. There are totally things that you can break down into those 10 minute increments, right? Where you do it. So if you have goals or things on your checklist that you keep moving till tomorrow, you have not broken it down enough to the point where you feel comfortable. And part of it is that limiting belief, right? Where, oh, they're not going to let me on the show. Mm-hmm. Pat's going to say no. You know, Pat would never let me on his show, you know, whatever that is. And, and so we just don't do it. But it is, if you break it down and break it down and break it down, you get to the one task that you do feel confident you can do. And success is built on on habits, on milestones that we go, oh, yeah, okay, that worked. Okay, well, I did that. Okay, well, I did that. Okay, well, I did that. And it builds up your confidence, right? And so we start to have more confidence and we'll reach more goals. I mean, people don't reach their goal by waking up and going, I'm going to write a book. And then tomorrow the book is written, right? You write like you did. You write every single day. You create a habit of what you want for the tiny things that you know you can get done in that day. You do one outreach every day. You write one chapter every day. You write, you know, one blog post, uh, you know, or even one paragraph of a blog post every day. You do one social media post, one uh, Pinterest uh, image. And if you create that habit every single day of the tiny things, Mm -hmm. you will reach your goals. So stop thinking about them as big goals. Just break them down until you're willing to do the task and keep doing the task. We talk about habits quite a bit here on the show. We've had James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, on recently, which was a very popular episode. I'm currently going through Michael Hyatt's Best Year Ever course, which has an entire chapter on creating the habits that support your goals. And it's exactly what you're saying. What are those small things that you can continually do without you even having having to think about? You set yourself up to automatically do those things so that you can chip away and actually start to see that sculpture of a business of yours. And sort of a good example of this that I remember sort of James talking about, and even like Steve Cam when he was on the show a while back, was like, you know, for example, if you want to get better at guitar this year, well, don't put the guitar every way in your closet in the case where you're never going to see it. 
Mm-hmm. Part of the habit is allowing yourself to be reminded every day that this is important to you. So have the guitar out on on a stand in the hallway or close to it so that every time you walk by, you are reminded about that thing that you really want to do. And then the second part of this is, you know, uh, and, and, and this was even taught to me by my guitar coach, Lee Anderson, uh, at Play Guitar Podcast. He said, like, okay, if you are if you really want to do this, if you really want to get good at guitar, because I'm, I'm taking guitar lessons right now, Dana, and it's actually 6.30 a.m. every Wednesday on Skype with Lee, who's on in another state in, in the U.S. We, we do it over Skype. It's really cool. Um, mm. He's like, if okay, if you really want to do this, like, invest in a really nice guitar that when you see it, you just want to pick it up every time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is great. And this is this is I take the same approach when it came to writing my book in November. I wrote every single day, and I still continue to write as uh, as I uh, finish off the first draft. Every night before I went to bed, I opened up the Google Doc for the next chapter that I was going to write, so that the moment I walked into my office, like it was already there for me to remind me, and I didn't have to do anything but just start writing. Versus like opening up Google Docs and like finding the right folder, and you know all the things that would potentially stop me. Yeah, I love it. Well, and yeah, I remember um, back in the day when I met uh, Hal, Hal Elrod, mm-hmm. uh, and Miracle he mentioned, morning. yeah, and he mentioned he's like, I designed, he designed the cover long before he ever, you know, wrote the book. Um, and with my latest book, you know, I had a ton going on. And so I, uh, yeah, I had the cover designed. And I just I kept that cover like on my desk as my desktop. So every that. day when I woke up, I was like, oh, I want to write that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. I mean, just like with your business, if you're not excited, I, I heard this recently, like you've got to be excited about the problem you solve, not the product you sell, but the problem you solve. So if you're excited about the problem you solve, uh, then then you're going to have a business that can be successful. If you're excited about the thing you're learning, right? So like I play piano, I can play Blackbird on guitar and that's it. And I keep trying to pick up guitar because <laughs> my dad plays classical guitar and I'm just terrible at it. But um, I play piano and that's the thing. I always start when I sit down by playing one song that I know really well. So I feel good about the fact that I can play piano, that I can do something. And then I jump into the hard thing because I've, I've given myself a little cushion of confidence to be like, oh, that sounded nice, Dana. Okay, let's sound terrible for a minute while we're about to learn this thing I don't know. Yeah. And and so, yeah, you, you, find, you find the thing that you get excited about. Like work should be exciting. That's part of what Boss Mom is all about. Work is not a negative word. Work is about getting better at something so that we can enjoy life more. We can experience things more. We can impact people more. We can have better memories. We can do all those things. Work is not some negative thing that happens. Work is us building something that's important. The people that don't ever do anything in life and sit around and stare at a wall, which I hope is a very small part of the population, mm-hmm. they don't, yeah, it, it may feel like they're not doing anything hard, but they're also not doing anything important, right? And learning new skills and doing the work is important. We all learn through the work. Like all the people that are billionaires that never got a college education, you know, and Goodwill Hunting movie and all those kinds of things, they did the work. They they do the work whether somebody told them they had to or were giving them a grade or not because when we're passionate about solving a problem or learning a skill or being good at something or experiencing something, we just we do the work. And that's and find the ways to motivate yourself to get excited about it. Mm. Preach, Dana. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one final question for you. It's a yes. tough one, but I've saved it. Ooh. I've saved it for last, so I could Why, thank you, know, you. <laughs> warm, warm you up. And I'm sure this is a question that you've come across before, uh, especially having a community of moms. But how can one build a successful business and 
be a successful parent at the same time? Mm. It's called conscious integration. I have an answer for this. I'm super pumped. I knew um, you would. <laughs> I call it conscious integration. So uh, it's when you when we think about work a lot of times uh, and things that we're doing, we think about when when do I have free time? When are my kids going to be gone? Right. When they go to school and then I can work out. They go to school and then I can sit in front of the computer. Um, I think our kids want to be just like us. Right. I want them to see all the things I'm excited about. So my kids work out with me. You know, Joe, my daughter does yoga with me and, uh, you know, and and they I teach them things and teach them the names of the, the moves I'm doing and um, those kinds of things. And I want them to experience it. I want to integrate them into things I'm passionate about, not find times when I'm not around them. Like there are obviously things where I need to do, you know, by myself because I need the, the brain power, but right. I want to integrate them. So if I'm going to sit down and do something, Joe has a little uh, it's a keyboard that doesn't work anymore. And if I need to sit down and do something, I go, hey, mom needs to sit down and do this thing. Uh, I'm going to write a couple emails. How about you write some emails? And she goes, great, I'm going to write some emails or I'm going to write a letter to somebody. And then she sits down next to me and she's typing and I go, well, who are you going to email? And she's like, well, I'm going to email my teacher, uh, you know, Faith. And I'm like, great, what are we going to tell her about? You know, and I tell them, Jake goes, hey, mom, I'm going to, I want to go to, uh, I'm going to go over here and play. And I'm like, well, um, why don't you tell me, why don't we have a job? Like, what's your job? If you were selling something and you had to, you know, pay for your trip to Disneyland, what, what would that be? And he'll come back and be like, mm, I'm going to sell hot dogs. And I was like, that's a great plan. What does that look like? And so we start talking about what is he going to sell and what is he going to do? And when I say, Hey, I'm going to do videos and they say, well, we want to do videos. And so we sit down and we talk about the structure of a video and integrate your family and, and your kids into what you do. Because if you feel like you have to have two separate lives where you're a business owner and you're a parent, then you're always going to feel like one takes away from the other. Hmm. If you integrate them and allow each, you know, your kids to be curious, like they naturally are about who you are and what you care about, then you caring about your business stops feeling like you're taking love away from your children. And you start to feel like you're building a life where your children get to see what you care about. And that's great parenting. Because our kids look up to us and you get to decide what they look up to. Either they look up to somebody who's secretive about what they care about or they and it feels bad that they care about other things or they're going to look up to somebody who is excited about living in this world and doing really cool things that empowers and excites us and makes us feel fulfilled. And they're going to want to live in that world, too. And that's the kind of parenting and business owning I think we should all strive for. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. And. You know, I, I, when you talk about that, I'm, I, I realize that I have been doing a lot of conscious integration, uh, just sort of naturally based on the kind of parent that I want to be as well. Yeah. Um, Keone has been very involved. He's come on stage with me at Podcast Movement in front of 2,000 people. And I think about uh, the skills that they learn that can then help them in their life with whatever they choose to do. And what, one of my big things is I don't try to force Keone or Kai, my, my son and daughter, to become entrepreneurs. If that's their choice, awesome. They're going to have the tools to succeed, hopefully, through my example. If they want to be employees, awesome. They're going to succeed and, again, have the tools they need to succeed through my example, not being an entrepreneur, but solving problems, dealing with people, you know, uh, understanding how to present something, um, learning from mistakes. Those are all skills that are useful no matter if you're an entrepreneur or not, which is why many of you know that my big passion in life now and where I want the rest of my biography to be about is about being an agent of change in the world of education and teaching kids entrepreneurship. And so to hear you talk about that is just really exciting. And I hope, you know, I think a lot of us who are parents who are listening to this can can definitely relate to that. And even if you're not a parent, 
it's it's just that word that that set of words conscious integration it's it's like what why are they why do they have to be separate cannot can they not be sort of integrated so that you can sort of be fulfilled and 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 have both yeah well and and uh, the one final thing i will say too is that we beat ourselves up about how present we are with our kids about when do i work when especially for people who work at home we have weird hours and social media isn't a nine to five, right? Sometimes if you're in the middle of something, you're doing something at night or, you know, whenever that timing is. And I think something that we, that we should, should remember about conscious integration is tell your kids what's happening. Say, Hey, yes, mom's got absolutely. this launch going on. How could you be helpful? And my, you know, my son will come in and he'll be like, Oh, well, how about I get you some water? If you have to get on this thing, I'm like, that would be great. Or Joe will be like, how about I draw a picture, you know, for your client? And I'm like, that would be awesome. And so I asked them, how can we help Help each other. And when they want to do things, I said, well, what would you want to launch? You know, and, and Joe will say like, well, I want to bake cookies for the world. And I'll be like, that's great. Okay. So how can I help? And she'd like, oh, well, we could, you could get some Play-Doh and I could make some cookies. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So I think mm-hmm. the other thing too is there's the conscious integration. There's the telling them what you're doing so they understand and they can learn from it and then ask each other how you can help. How can I help you do what you want to do and let them start to be creative about the answers they give and and teach them to ask you how they can be helpful so that they can tell you. I remember my dad owned an auto body shop and he and I would go in the summers and everybody else got to go to camp. And I am so glad that I got to go to my dad's because he asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, I'm really I want to be on the phone and I want to greet all the people that come in and like help you organize. So he airbrushed a desk that had my name on it and he put it in the office in the summers. And I was his office manager and I would have my clip. And he when he was out doing estimates and I would hold it and do, you know, estimates while, you know, behind him and that kind of thing, I would mimic what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he allowed me to be part of it. And some people would go, oh, gosh, you had to work in your dad's shops in the summer. It's some and I'm going to get choked up because my dad passed away this year. But it's like it is some of the best memories I will ever have is being able to work with him, not just play with him. But I got to be a part of how he made the world better and how he made it possible for us to have a house and have food and all of those things. Like he taught me real life and we got to do that together. And that's really powerful. So don't just play with your kids. Allow your kids to be part of the parts of your life that are they're going to have to be adulting later. Thank you for that, Dana. And and the final question to kind of tail off of that is for those in the audience listening who have literally like a six month old, how might one integrate with a person who is the very tiny one who poops all the time? Okay. Well, first off, if you have a six, a six month old, you are golden because they're going to sleep a ton and you're going to get a ton of work done. And it's great. It's when they hit like a year to two years, it's insanity and, and life gets a lot harder. Um, I would say that your kids totally hear and they know your excitement. Like if you're frustrated and your kids crying more and you notice that. So one, I'd say read out loud to them, listen to podcasts out loud to them, tell your kid, even though you feel like they don't hear or can't speak English, tell them about things you're excited about. Speak out loud what your goals are and your aspirations are. Talk to them as if they are somebody that knows because you're going to pour into them the passion and excitement that you have. You have somebody who's listening intently. They're holding on to you with dear life because you're the only thing they know. And you have this opportunity to get excited about something that they're going to feel that excitement for you. Um, So even then, I think use them as as a little 
cuddly, silent sounding board for the things that you care about. And it becomes this experience you have. You wake up every day and maybe while you're breastfeeding or you're, you know, rubbing their tummy or things like that, you know, read out loud to them and tell them what you want and and, and recite your affirmations and talk about what your limiting beliefs are and how you're going to get over them. And those little smiles that they have or the funny things that they do actually become trigger memories for you that help solidify the excitement you have for things because you're going to remember, oh, remember when I said that thing that I wanted and and he made that little tiny smile for the very first time. And I always am going to remember that goal that I had that made my son smile for the first time. Like let those things be, still be a way to integrate. I love that. I remember reading, so we used to read when Keone was like literally just a few months old, Harry Potter, obviously knowing that he wouldn't mm-hmm. understand what we were talking about, but it was just really cool to kind of get him into the to the idea of like listening to us talk, which was always good, obviously, for language uh, development and those kinds of things. And then I actually switched for a little bit to business books to mm-hmm. be able to sort of do double duty there, meaning like have him hear my voice and learn languages and just be with me. But also I get business stuff done and I get to learn. And, you know, as I, I remember reading uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People and reading mm-hmm. the chapter about like it's important to use people's names and I would just can, like kept saying his name and then like he would re- he would respond and look and I don't know it was just it was just really cute and um I, th- I think that's a great strategy for yeah. at that crazy time in life when you are a parent and you have a little one who who who's like that um thank you for that I think that's very yeah. reassuring oh you know what one other thing too if you have a little a little kid I always think you should be practicing so if you have a presentation you want to give or if you're trying to do sales pitches record yourself practicing your babies love to hear your voice. So record yourself practicing and then play that back to your baby so they get to hear you talking. You get to have a little rest time, but you can also hear yourself because I always tell people, record things and listen back. You'll be able to hear very keenly the places where you're not confident about what you said so then you can practice on those things. You know, kids don't say the alphabet once and know the alphabet. Like they go every single day and they practice. You should be doing that in your business. When you have little kids, they love nothing nothing more than to watch videos of you and hear you talk, right? And they are a captive audience most of the time. So leverage that to practice in your business. And if they end up crying, it might not be because of you. It might be because maybe because they're hungry or have to go to the bathroom or something. So that's true. Just want to (laughs) add that little asterisk for you just in case. But Dana, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, especially for a lot of the deep answers that I think a lot of people needed to hear, especially at this time of year and perhaps in this time of their life. Where can people go and where should they go to find more info from you? Yeah, yeah. Go to boss-mom.com. We actually, um, once this episode is out, we will have a whole new website we've been working on for the last three months. I'm so excited Amazing. about it. Yeah, boss so uh, boss-mom. yeah, boss-mom.com uh, and we'll have all the great, great resources. It's all completely redone to create a journey for you depending on where you are in your life and your business um, and I'm really, really excited about it. So that's that's the best place to go. Thank you, Dana. Amazing conversation. I appreciate you and good luck on everything. Oh, thanks and thanks for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dana. Again, you can find her at boss-mom.com She has some other great things coming out that have come out since this interview, coming out soon, like her YouTube channel. So for all the links and all the great things, just come to the show notes page and click all the things there. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 359. One more time, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session 359. Dana has been so amazing to get to know over the past years. And again, recommend listening to episode 210 
which is the first time she appeared on the show just after she just started the brand Boss Mom. Actually, we had a great discussion about how she even came up with that idea, and she was even a special guest at one of me and Chris Ducker's live events, a mastermind event called One Day Business Breakthrough, where we brought her on stage to actually dissect what she should do next, and it's just been so amazing to see her take that advice, run with it, create her own thing, and build this amazingly engaged and large community that has been so helpful and is creating new success stories every single day. So congrats, Dana. I'm so proud of you. Again, boss-mom.com. And for all the show notes, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 359. Team Flynn, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, make sure you hit subscribe now. And kudos to any of you who spend just one minute to leave an amazingly honest review for the show. I appreciate you so much. And until next time, just keep crushing it, guys. I love you. Take care. Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.